Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. Our goal on this podcast is to make real life simple, and one area all leaders struggle with is how to say the same thing in a new way. Whether it's vision casting or goal reminding, or especially in the church, Christmas. Welcome to the Rusty George Podcast. This is Brad Williams, and today Rusty and I will be talking about how to say the same thing in a new way. But before we get to that, we want to tackle a few questions from our listeners first. And this is my favorite part of the podcast, or one of them. Uh, So question number one, uh, Rusty, with Christmas coming, what's the best way to help kids know it's not about them? Well, you could start by taking away all gifts. I'm writing that down. (laughs) I would say the best way is to create some opportunities for you to serve other people. Obviously, kids are going to be interested in their own Christmas list and their own toys and what it is they want. But having a family you adopt, having a few projects you can join with your local church uh, to participate in, praying for other people through the holiday season, um, making sure that they recognize that not everybody might have the type of Christmas they're about to have. Even if you're listening to this and thinking, you know what, we're one of those families. We're not going to have a lot to give or to receive. I would say find at least somebody you can help with, even if it's serving food at the local soup pantry or helping out at any kind of organization. I would caution you on this. Typically every year when we do our homeless outreach on Monday nights, attendance bumps greatly the week before Christmas. Granted, there's needs for that, but pick a pick a day a few days before that. So it's not just that week when everybody else is there. People need help other times of the year. That could even be going down to the children's hospital, finding ways you can serve. And the best way to do that is just ask. No, that's good stuff. That's excellent. Um, our kids actually learned a lot about giving. Um, through the uh, Halloween um, service that we had a while ago, you know, trunk or treat. Yeah. So when they saw um, other children excited about giving candy out, they wanted to give candy out, you know, so serving others. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, and it relates to every kid, no matter what age. So question number two, uh, any good book recommendations for gifts? You know, I I would say uh, when it comes to this year, there's so many great books out there. The new Malcolm Gladwell book, Talking to Strangers, is fantastic. I don't know if you've read that one yet, Brad. I'm just a big fan of all his stuff. His podcast is great, too. Um, There's uh, a book by Max Lucado called uh, Anxious for Nothing. We're actually going to teach off that principle coming up in the new year. That's such a great read. Uh, there's uh, so many other great resources out there that um, are, are really uh, picking up steam uh, as far as people taking a look at them. I'll tell you a book I just finished reading, Brad, and I don't know if you've read this one, is uh, Bob Iger, the president CEO of Disney, is uh, in his process of stepping down. He recently wrote a biography called The Ride of a Lifetime. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. And I was afraid that it would just be kind of a memoir kind of thing, mm-hmm. but he really starts right at the at the jump with uh, difficult decisions he had to make at Disney, and then he backtracks a little bit. But he'll give you insight into his dealing with Steve Jobs before Steve passed away, and they're acquiring a Pixar, um, how he uh, worked with George Lucas to, to uh, be able to buy Star Wars and even the Marvel deal, and it's it's really fascinating. And I just having 
growing up with a lot of that stuff. I just thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a great read. You got anything on your reading list right now? Um, yeah, I just read Extreme Ownership. Okay. Um, by Jacko, the ex Navy SEAL, mm-hmm. and I think that was uh, that was extremely impactful for me because as a leader, sometimes you forget how important uh, keeping committed to a few simple routines or behaviors or principles, mm-hmm. how important that is. You know, so extreme ownership was great because it uh, he talked about from his military experience, but he also applies it to business. Right. How important it is to which one principle take extreme ownership as a leader over everything that happens to your team, your unit, your family. Right. And it changes how you look at things when you realize that someone may not be struggling because of them. They may be struggling because of your poor leadership. Right. You know, so for me, surely it just, not. It, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was a great read and uh, I highly recommend it. Now, give me some background on Jacko. He's been recommended to me several times besides just being a former Navy SEAL. What do we know about him? Um, outside of being, he wasn't just um, a former Navy SEAL. He was heavily decorated hmm. and um, he led the unit, I believe, that uh, found Osama bin Laden. Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, and his whole his whole story is is amazing. But the thing that I think is um, was particularly amazing about Chaco is you could tell his leadership principles were effective and are real because his team, like uh, Leaf, I think, is one of his uh, guys that was serving him in combat. Mm-hmm. Well, they're still partners in business, hmm. and a lot of the the individuals he served with. They're still connected. So for me as a leader, that's that kind of validated, you know, everything he was saying. Hmm. So um, he does a really good job of taking what he learned on the battlefield and transferring those learnings to business mm-hmm. and to organizations because they're all the same principles. Oh, that's really good. I'll have to pick that one up. He has a podcast that's that's pretty cool too. So check that out. Check the podcast out. Okay. And then and then jump in the book and see if you like it. That's good. I mean, this is the time of year where, you know, I just always think about sitting around with a good book. Uh, for me personally, I like to multitask, though I can't do it well. But if I can have a game on, sound down, and a book in my hand, that's just the perfect day. You're golden. Yeah. Yeah. It does not get better than that. Yeah. But yeah. then everybody comes home and then it's ruined. You know, I was going to say that. <laughs> I didn't want to get in trouble with the fam, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dogs don't interrupt me much. <laughs> no, not much. Not yeah. much at all. All right. So if you have questions, submit them to rgeorge at reallifechurch.org, and Brad and I'll do our best to tackle those. Uh, so, Brad, let's let's jump into it. Okay. Well, uh, as you know, Christmas is coming, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to preach a Christmas message. Mm. Uh, and it's the same story. Right. <laughs> so how do you tell it in a different way? You know, it, it's the joke that uh, pastors always have, and that is Christmas and Easter. It's the greatest story and the same story every year. So how do you do it in a way that captures people, people's imagination? I remember watching, Brad, you'll remember this movie. It, it sounds like, I mean, this thing came out, you know, 15 years ago, but it feels like it was yesterday when they came out with Batman Begins. Mm. Okay. I, I loved that trilogy. I got my Batman shirt on. I, I see that, and I'm a huge <laughs> Batman fan. And so it matters to me that they tell the story right. Um, but I, I loved how they did it, and they gave you a tremendous backstory. Yeah. So 
I was thinking about that while I was sitting there watching the movie for the first time. How do you tell a story that most people know in a way that they've never heard? And I think that's true certainly with Christmas. And so for anybody who's trying to either communicate to kids or communicate to their church, how do you tell the same story? There's some things that have got to be constant um, that they need to hear. They need to know the reason behind things. They need to know why Jesus came. They need to know why this birth is different. And there's a few things maybe they've never thought of that you've got to bring up. Uh, I really like when I teach through Christmas, I like to be able to give the perspective of somebody else. Whether let's look at this through the eyes of the shepherds, let's look at this through the eyes of the wise men, let's look at this through the eyes of the innkeeper. I heard a guy do that one time, um, and then relate it to how that that impacts you. Seeing it from a different vantage point can help out a lot. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, it when thinking about different Christmas messages, it's almost like I think about um, different uh, love songs because really the story is the greatest love story ever told about how much God loves us. And so, um, there's like millions of love songs out there, same topic, but sung so many different ways, so many different stories. So, um, being that this is the greatest love story to me, you know, that's a good perspective because the looking at it through other people's perspectives is one way people are able to write so many different love songs. It's the same way right. that people tell the same story so many different ways. That's a great way to say it. You're right. I mean, we're not coming up with anything new in our songs, unless they go political or something like that. But for the most part, it's a, they're all love, song, love songs. So how do, we, how do we say it in a different way? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I think about often when it comes to saying the same thing over and over again, and Brad, you can help me with this, for any kind of a, well, let's talk about it from two perspectives. You got a business leader who knows the most important thing is to constantly keep the main thing the main thing and constant vision casting. But the same thing is true with a stay at home parent. You're dealing with kids and you're trying to keep the main thing the main thing. And that might be uh, we're going to be kind to each other. That might be we're going to think of others. It might be we're going to take care of our house or whatever it is. And I think the danger for all leaders whether it's business, church, home, is you get so distracted with new ideas. You get so distracted with um, new techniques. You and I were just talking about books. And right. I fall into the trap of reading a book, and then suddenly I reorient everything that I do. And there's that danger. Do you feel that, Brad, between you know the difference between your mission and your method? Methods can change. Missions shouldn't. And sometimes we get those confused and we end up changing our mission. And it's kind of that whole adage of, you know, do you practice ready, aim, fire or fire, ready, aim? <laughs> right. And right. we tend to fire everywhere and then say, oh, yeah, that was my goal. <laughs> uh, instead of saying, nope, this is the way we're going to do this and we're going to stay at it. And you just kind of keep plodding along. How do you see that in, you know, management and business and, and keeping the main thing the main thing? No, that's a great that's a great question. So it is uh, tricky, and I think the biggest mistake leaders make is just what you said. They start focusing on the how mm -hmm. or on the model, and they forget about the vision and the purpose. Um, you have to communicate the purpose over and over again. The vision doesn't change. I think Craig Groeschel said you uh, said uh, you marry the vision and date the model. Mm -hmm. So uh, model is going to change, right. but the vision does not. Um, we get lazy sometimes, I think, in leadership. As a dad, I know I do it. 
um, as a leader in business, sometimes I do it when it comes to being creative and really knowing your audience, like knowing your family, knowing the people that you are communicating to, um, looking at the history and how you've engaged them in the past, look at what other effective ways are out there without, to your point, getting caught up in the minutia, mm-hmm. but really doing some, some research, doing some work on what's the best way to engage this family? What's the best way to engage this team? And then communicating the vision in different ways based on season, based on the actual circumstances of right now. There's a lot of different ways to do it. But knowing your audience is um, one huge way, uh, making sure you know your people in the best, most effective way to engage them. Yeah, that's that's really good. I even think about just at home with my kids. You know, I have two daughters that are each different, obviously. They're different numbers on the Enneagram. Um, and I, my wife and I are constantly talking about, we know the right thing to say. It's a matter of finding the right way to say it and the right time to say it. Right. Because there's sometimes, they're not ready for the inspirational speech. Uh, they're probably not going to stand up and applaud, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I would assume they should. Um, and sometimes, I remember many times, we'll sit down for dinner and there's an issue we have to address, but we decide we're going to at least wait 20 minutes so people can eat, stabilize their blood sugar, get rid of the hangries. And it's amazing how different a conversation can be after you eat versus before you eat. Sometimes just knowing that is a, just a small principle. And you're saying the same thing. You know, you're constantly repeating the same vision, mission, this is what we're about but picking the right time in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes like with your, um, you know, sermons on, you know, Christmas and Easter, you don't have the luxury of saying, Hey, let's go to outside and right. preach this message. But at home you do, right. You know, you can change the, the atmosphere right. and you can, you can put people in a place to where it's almost like Switzerland. They feel like, okay, their guards down, uh-huh. you know, so now you can cast vision you know, and it'll be received. There's a higher probability that it'll be received, right? Because you know them, and you know what ticks. To your point, you know before we eat or after we eat. Sometimes timing is the key. Uh, sometimes creativity is the key. Uh, sometimes it's a one-on-one versus a group. You know, but you have to you have to cast it. That's the key. I don't know why that reminds me of your Facebook video that you put out of your family trying to skip without smiling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember it, that. what a great moment to uh, create laughter in your home. It is amazing how things, conversations go a lot better. Um, and, and I would say this, and off on a rabbit trail a little bit here, but the difference between men and women, boys and girls that you communicate with, um, women enjoy face-to-face communication. Guys are more side-by-side. Right. And thinking about you and your boys, you're going to have better conversations in the car or um, you know, on a roller coaster or uh, in a boat or whatever yeah, it is. That's so real. Yeah. Uh, or even you know, at, a, at a basketball game, side-by-side, versus um, the face-to-face cup of coffee with your wife looking eye-to-eye. Um, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? No, it does. I didn't even, you, by you saying that, I'm remembering like our boys, uh, well, my boys and I, we walk on Sundays. Okay. We do a walk. They, they love it. It's six miles. They thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I'm, they I'm partially kidding. They're like in pain. But, um, you know, it's part of what we do is just father son time. We walk the dog about six miles and um, we talk. Hmm. 
you know, we have great conversations. And the last time I walked with them, I had to slow down the walking pace because they were, you know, they're little, 12 and 11, slow down the walking pace and deliberately engage them. And we had the best talk, you know. And so you're right. That's side by side stuff with mm-hmm. my boys is great. Um, with the wife and my daughters, it is more face to face. Right. That's so true. So in communicating a message that is the same every year, you know, try some flexibility, mix it up a little bit. I know for us, for Christmas messages every year, we try to do it a little bit differently. We're still trying to say the same thing, and that is God is with us. We do not have a God that's unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but He has lived it. He's been with us. That is the message. Mm-hmm. So that might be we highlight the birth. That might be we highlight... Um, you know, the, the wise men that show up two years later, which most of us kind of forget that, it might be the shepherds. But I think the main thing that we have to remember is you don't want to get done with a Christmas Eve service and think, boy, I preached a great message, but not about Christmas. And I've done it. You get done with it and you think, boy, I, I proved a point or I got something off my chest, but at the end of the day, you didn't help anybody get the good news. Then you've also got to keep this in mind. Some people are only there on Christmas and Easter. And they hear the same thing every single year. So you got to give them a little something new, a little teaser for what's next uh, to make them interested in coming back. So we'll typically try to do a series after Christmas and after Easter that's very felt need oriented that would make somebody say, that's useful for my life. So this year, we're doing a church-wide debt diet, helping our people get out of debt and have financial freedom. It's not a campaign for money. It's not us asking for anything. It's just giving people resources. So we'll push that. And then after Easter, we're going to do a relationship series to help their relationships get better. So those kind of things take a message people have heard and spice it up with a little something to look forward to. That's good. That's good. Um, And I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that one thing I feel like you do an exceptional job communicating every Christmas and Easter is the event, the significance of the event. Mm. Uh, For me, just, you know, being a volunteer and being a member here, when I go and communicate the difference between Christianity and other religions um, at work or in the community, Mm. at schools, because you are consistently communicating the significance of the event and the difference between Christianity versus everybody else when it comes to the event that mm. our, our faith is in an event and how much um, strength you can pull and confidence you can pull from that. To me, when I go out and I minister, I can I'm, I hear you saying that to us yeah. and I can repeat it to other people because that's really what it boils down to. You know, you you um you consistently do that. And so I had to I had to. I appreciate that. I owe you 20 bucks now. Thank you very much. I'll do this more often. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as usual, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, For all you guys out there listening, I hope you uh, enjoyed it too and got something from it. Uh, Next week, we'll talk about planning for the new year. Uh, So thank you for listening. And as always, please share this with a friend. It has a great impact on um, the algorithms that will get us out there even more. So if this is helpful to you, share it, like it, and keep listening.